Hello and welcome to On the Line. I'm Carl Richter and this is another special report on the Taylor Parker capital murder trial. With me is reporter Lori Dunn. Hi, Lori. Hey, glad to be here. So we're recording this on Monday afternoon and the verdict is in. The verdict was in about 1130 today. Uh, Taylor Parker was found guilty of capital murder. How long was the jury out? Jury was out for about an hour and... I believe some of that time they read the charge or the judge reads the charge to them before, but then they also take it in with them. They're supposed to read it and they elect a jury foreman and then they deliberate. So all of that happened within an hour. Very fast. I guess. Very fast. But that that seemed to be the consensus. Yeah. There were some informal um, bets going on right. that, it would, that it would be pretty quick. And it was. Yeah, I don't think that surprises anybody. Right. What was it like in the courtroom? Did people it was, react? It was packed today. Um, I think, you know, court ended last Thursday and both both sides rested. So the word was out that today would be closing statements and more than likely go to the jury. And it, it was packed. Um, Judge Tidwell um, always asked for decorum in the courtroom. He fully acknowledges it's a public court. Anybody can come, but they need to keep need to keep quiet so there there are no outbursts. Um, you, you could hear a little couple of sighs of relief from probably people who were pretty invested in this, family or close friends, and I think that's pretty understandable. Did Parker react at all that you could see? I could not see Parker's face, but I was told by someone who could that she did not react. She has pretty much had a stoic face, impassive face through this whole ordeal. What were the closing statements like? The closing statements usually run about 30 minutes each. Uh, Judge Tidwell said at the beginning of court this morning that because of the length of the trial and the number of witnesses, um, that each side could have an hour if they wanted. But neither went that long. The, The defense has kind of tried to show that the baby, Braxlin, was stillborn. Therefore, it wasn't really a kidnapping, which therefore capital murder would be hard to to pin on Taylor Parker. And prosecution has a lot of their closing arguments were about the fact that Braxlin was alive when she was born, that several medical personnel testified that she was alive, that she had a heartbeat, and even though she did... Um, was unresponsive when they found her on the side of the road with Taylor Parker. They were able to get a pulse back for a short time, and th- they said if she were stillborn, there was no way they could have gotten that pulse back. So they wanted the jury to be very clear about that, that these were two lives that were affected and ultimately taken that day. And um, there, these prosecutors, Kelly Crisp and Lauren Richards, are, are very very knowledgeable and and very passionate. And that came through for sure. Talking about, they they went back, I I think it was Kelly Crisp on the very first day of testimony who said, you have to, talking to the jury, she said, you have to understand the fraud to understand what happened on October 9th. And they laid that out, the layers of fraud, the layers of lies that Taylor Parker did and just just to kind of show that this was something that was in the works for a very long time and very methodical. Not a crime of passion. Not a crime of passion. Um, internet 
searches showed that, you know, the the planning, the I think they called it shopping. She was driving around all in the four state area to go to clinics looking yeah. for for a woman who might be about to have a baby. Uh so the sentencing remains. When will that happen? The sentencing starts October 12th. Okay. And um, a couple of more weeks of testimony is expected then. That that would be a little different because they're not trying to prove guilt or innocence anymore. That's been proven. They are trying to um, – the, the defense's testimony will be to keep her from death row pretty much. And the prosecution will be showing the other side of that and, and how – how much planning and effort went into this. I mean, honestly, it's been um, a very long time since I've covered a trial that was separate like that. So mm-hmm. it's, it's going to be kind of a, a new experience for me, too, to see to see how that goes. It's the same jury? That'll it it will be the same jury, yes. They, they are in this for the long haul, and they were told basically after the verdict was read, the judge dismissed court until October 12th, and then same jury will be back, same prosecutors, same attorneys. I'm I assume Taylor Parker will be there also, and she has the right to testify in this part. Mm. She had the test. She had the right to testify on the guilt or innocence, but she declined. But I believe it. It, it would be a whole different ballgame, and if she chooses to testify, to tell her side of things, she can. She has that right. So last week. Um Despite the fact that she didn't take the stand, there was some video evidence yes. of some interviews with her. Yes. What what did those contain? Those were very, very interesting because we were hearing her voice. And we saw interviews with Bowie County investigators. And then we also saw an interview while she was still in the hospital in Idabel with a Oklahoma State Bureau of Investigations detective, which is pretty much the Oklahoma version of our Texas Department of Public Safety. And he um, he testified. He The video was played. He testified, kind of direct, uh, showed the jury what was going on step by step, how he did his interviews. He, you know, you hear about good cop, bad cop. He kind of went in with a, a gentle touch, you know, just trying to understand what happened. He wanted to tell her, and um, she... She really denied it for a long time. He he said, "No." By this point, he knew that Bowie County had a had a homicide scene of a woman whose baby was taken, and he would ask Taylor if there was anything she wanted to tell him, and she acted like she didn't know what was going on. She was just she just had her baby, and she's worried about her baby, and he he got a little tougher as the interview went on and said. That doctor, when the doctor examines you, what's what's he going to find? And she would just deny and, and, and say she didn't know what he was talking about. It, an, an interesting part of the video, it did. Um, it, she did get worn down a little bit to where he asked her some questions. For example, like, did you mean to hurt Reagan? She would never say Reagan's name, but she did refer to a her. And once when he asked her if she ever meant to hurt Reagan, she just sort of shook her head. And then you you kind of got into more of her letting out what happened. And in a separate interview, she attempted to 
blame Reagan yes. in, in essence, right? Yes. She said that Reagan contacted her that morning to come this, to— This was with the Texas Ranger, is yeah. that right? Mm-hmm. She said the morning of the murder, she was in New Boston taking care of some business and got a really bad headache and couldn't drive, had to pull over. She said that, you know, and I don't know if y'all, everybody remembers, but she had been at Reagan's house the night before. Like, they were acquaintances. So that she had been at her house the night before. She said Reagan called her the next morning and said, I'm very worried about you. You're having blackouts and headaches. Why don't you come to my house and rest today? And Taylor testified that when, or in the video, I'm sorry, it wasn't testimony. In in the video interview with police, Taylor said that when she got to Reagan's house, Reagan pretty much just forced her into the house and they got into a fight and were pushing each other in the garage and pushing each other down and Reagan fell and hit her head. And then they kind of made up and were talking about things like Reagan getting ready for work. And then she said they started fighting again and it was Reagan that went into the kitchen and brought the knife out and things escalated from there. And at, one point, she said Reagan knew she was dying, and Reagan asked Taylor to take her baby. And that's what happened, what she said. And she had a scalpel in her purse. Wow. Yeah, it was it was pretty wild test. Uh, it was pretty wild video interview. Pretty wild that, that's, stuff. That's got to be especially egregious to Reagan's family yes. to hear that kind of stuff. Yes. Yes, that was very obvious that 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 was hard for them to listen to. Um, More testimony uh, last week was about phone data and then just putting her at the crime scene. Yeah, they had a phone. uh, I think he's a police investigator in Garland, Texas, who is an expert witness in phone where people make calls from and how how they know where you are when you make a call and. They, the the prosecution called it a trial run because he had proof that Taylor had been in front of Reagan's house the morning before the murder. Mm. She went and planned out the route right. and the time frame, you know, and what time Homer, Reagan's husband, would be leaving for work and things like that. And then they had her back there the next morning also, the morning of the homicide. And there was also some testimony from the doctors in the Idaho hospital, yes, right? Yes, nurses, doctors, um, a nurse, they call it a fundal massage. After a woman gives birth vaginally, the, it's usually a nurse that kind of massages that the u- uterus so it can it contracts and it, it doesn't bleed out later. Mm. And the nurse described there's a certain feeling Mm-hmm. to a uterus that has just had a baby in it, and this felt totally different, and she went and asked the doctor to come to come check it out. And The doctor also asked Taylor if he could do a pelvic exam, and at first she said no, but then she um, finally agreed, and, and that's when you know there was no doubt about that she had not had a baby. Well, what are, what are your thoughts at this point, just having uh, been in that courtroom for three-plus weeks? I don't even know if I've processed all my thoughts yet. It's, 
I've I've covered several trials over the years and a lot of crime, and I think this is very unique to our area and that of the the planning that went into it, the total years of lies and as as the prosecution called it, when she would get caught in a lie, she would come up with a different one that would embellish and and how maybe it would have gone on longer and maybe this wouldn't have happened, but they they gave the date of September sixteenth as a crucial date because that was the day her ex husband texted her boyfriend Wade and was telling him there's no baby, this is a, a scam, and he, he showed those texts to her and said, look, somebody's, somebody's sending me messages about you, and they said Taylor took that as basically she had to produce a baby at that point. Or right. she, she, she wanted to save face, yeah. yes, and that was, that was a line that one of the prosecutors used she didn't like to lose. That was another line they used. She didn't like to lose, and she didn't want to lose face. And that's when the searches, the Internet searches, became a lot more intense on finding a pregnant woman. So, yeah, it, it's just going to take a lot to to process. Um, but it, it just the layers, I think, stands out to me more than anything the layers that went into it, the deceit that went into it, and all of the victims. Obviously, there two victim, two people lost their lives, Reagan and her, her newborn, but so many other collateral damage victims. Reagan's family, Homer's family, Taylor's children. Taylor had two children. Yeah. I can't stop thinking about the little girl who was there. The little girl, yes. God only knows what she saw in her. And... Um, they pointed out today they never found Reagan's phone. At some point, and I guess I can say, I don't have to say allegedly because right. Taylor's been convicted. At some point, Taylor got rid of Reagan's cell phone. She got rid of the prosthetic pregnant stomach. She got rid of the clothes she was wearing and took clothes from Reagan's house. And one of the prosecutors pointed out, you know, you know, little her. Reagan's little daughter was, I think, three and a half. You know, kids today are so advanced with technology that if she left her there without a phone, she left her there with her mother's body and and no phone. Yeah. And you might say, well, a three-year-old couldn't have called 911 or called her dad, but she might have been able to. Right. Um, You know, kids have have just, even little kids now are probably pretty comfortable with cell phones. So, um. That, that was another thing the prosecution brought up is if it wasn't for that neighbor who got suspicious and called Homer at work, the little girl could have been there all day with her mother's body. I mean, it was bad enough as it was. She was there a couple of hours. Well, how are you? Are you, uh, have you? I'm, I'm glad it, I, I'm, I'm glad it's over for everybody involved. Um, it, it'll start back soon enough with the, um, punishment phase and that that's going to be interesting and like I said that's kind of new for me so I'm kind of glad to have the break from it maybe write about something else for a little while <laughs> there you go well thanks so much for uh thank you all your great coverage of this and uh, we'll be following the next steps October 12th is the date okay take care thank you 
On the line is a Texarkana Gazette podcast recorded in Star Bear Studio, right here in downtown Texarkana, USA. Follow On the Line on Twitter at OTLTXK and on our website, texarkanagazette.com slash podcast. To support the show, post a positive review wherever you get your podcasts. The show is written Produced and edited by yours truly, Carl Richter. And I'd love to hear from you. Email me at krichter at texarcanagazette.com. I'll see you next time on the line. Save the date, October 15th, Farmers Bank and Trust presents Oktoberfest on the line. You won't want to miss it. Exclusive beer garden with premium tasting flights, gourmet hot dogs, sauerkrauts, and mustards. Kindergarten with a bounty house and face painting and other kids' activities. There will also be local vendors, a German car show, and more. Live entertainment with local performers, including the Texarkana Regional Chorale and Grammy Award-winning polka band Brave Combo. Kids 12 and under are free. Saturday, October 15th is Oktoberfest on the line.